fantastic church in fantastic church. They've done such a fantastic job in staying steadfast through their calling and, and the vision of what they put over this church. And oh, there you all are. And uh, so, Pastor Ron Pauline, just thank you for staying uh, focused and on the vision of what God's doing in this church. And uh, we just, uh, it's a privilege to be serving under you. And we just thanks for, yeah, staying on the word with God. Okay, so I want to give him a round of applause. So I've just got a scripture and then we're going to pray and then I'm going to introduce myself. So this first scripture I want to start on this morning is 2 Corinthians 3.17. It says, For the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So God, I just thank you for being in this place this morning. I just thank you that your anointing is where your freedom is. I thank you that you're here right now. I thank you that you're inside of us, Father. And I pray that the words I speak this morning are of you, that you put, um, you put it into a language that people can understand. Father, I thank you that you're always doing a work. You've always paved the way and we're always freeing you. And I just pray that we can walk that journey of faith with you. And I thank you that, uh, that Luke's decided to be baptised this morning and I pray that you just bless him as he starts this walk. Amen. All right, so yeah, my name's Jim. Um, my wife Beth has uh, gone, but she was here in the first service. But uh, yeah, we've been running the team for eight years together and I've done it for ten. I did it with Pastor Pauline before Beth and I got married. Uh, it's such a privilege to be able to be doing something that I'm so passionate about. I love music. I love what God does in the anointing and in the music and in worship and you know, um, it's always something that is easy to fall into what God wants to do when I suppose you're super passionate about how God can do it. It's one thing to be talented musically, but it's another thing to then actually be using that gift for the most powerful thing, and that's obviously God's presence, because where God's presence is, there's breakthrough. And a quote that Pastor Rob shared at the start of the year was, the presence of God is to enable the purpose of God. So our, our, uh, our vision for a team is that you guys can come on Sundays and feel the presence of God so that you can receive the breakthrough that God has for your life through the midst of worship. And can I just encourage you from a congregational perspective, you know, you guys bring so much to God. You know, obviously you're not bringing it for us, you're not bringing it so that we feel like we're playing to an audience because at the end of the day, we're really just playing for God. And can I encourage you that some people bring, I look at it as everyone brings a cup and some cups have a drop in it, other cups are half full, half empty, depending on your perspective, and some cups are just overflowing of faith. And when we all come together and we all put that, we all pour that, pour that cup into one, we're, just, we're giving worship as a corporate congregation to our God. So can I encourage you, you don't have to come doing cartwheels when you walk in the door. You can come feeling however you feel. But God will meet you where you are every Sunday, even in your bedroom. But when we come together, I can stand here before you now and say that I've had some of my biggest breakthroughs just in the midst of worship. Because I don't know sometimes what to say. I don't know sometimes what to pray. But all I know is that I just need to put myself in the presence of God and know 
that there's freedom and there's breakthrough in the situation. So I encourage you, when you come on church on Sundays, as a corporate worship, we're all together as one and we're all just singing a song to God. So just be encouraged in that your breakthrough is just around the corner. So in our team, uh, we've had certain person that's uh, been with us for just over 12 months and I just wanted to encourage you all, you know, God's moving. God's moving in our church. God's moving in our team. And I just wanted to share you just a small snippet of a testimony that we've seen happen in our team over the past um, you know, past 18 months or so. We've had uh, Daniel join us. Daniel's our drummer. If you haven't met him, you've probably heard him because he's on the drums. Um, Daniel's such a great kid, but, you know, at the start of this journey, he was really crippled by the anxiety of the fear of, you know, of what anxiety does. Now, if you've dealt with anxiety before, um, you know that it's crippling. You know that it stops you from actually being who you are and, and more importantly, who God's called you to be. So, it's a funny story. I was, at, I was actually measuring a job up and I could hear someone playing drums at a distance and obviously I knew where um, Neil and Sue lived and sure enough I knew it was Daniel and at that time I hadn't really heard him play much and uh, I steamed in to the, to the house after I finished doing this quote and I don't think I even said g'day to, to Priscilla and just stormed straight into his uh, bedroom and just said to, said to him, you know, we're going we're gonna to do something about this and we're going to get you out up on the stage and that started a journey with Daniel as far as his you know, getting out um, and playing outside his bedroom. Because, you know, God's, like I was saying earlier, it's one thing to have a gift, it's another thing to align that with God's presence and anointing. So we started that journey together. There was many ups and downs through Daniel's uh, journey, through jumping up on the stage and basically making the loudest noise out of the whole instruments here, just because that's what drums are. And for someone that suffers anxiety, it's a big deal because you're not just playing the guitar where you can just maybe disappear. And I'm, I'm not saying, Benjamin, you disappear. You did, you did great this morning with that new guitar. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a big deal. And as I said, I've, I haven't dealt with a major anxiety level like what Daniel did, but I knew who could help Daniel in that, and that was God. And I encourage Daniel time in, time out, just to press into God, give it to God, and you'll see the breakthrough. And to Daniel's credit, he gave it to God. See, God won't just push a breakthrough over you. We've got to put it, we've got to give it to God. So Daniel passed it on to God. And, you know, I believe that we've seen breakthrough in his life in that. You know, from a kid that came to music practice and church with a cap on and a hoodie and was almost too scared of the ceiling lights, to now he walks in with a fresh T-shirt and Joe on his hair. He's ready to go. So... I just want to give God the glory for that. And I'm just always encouraged that, you know, God's doing a work and I just wanted to, you know, encourage you, church, that God is doing a work here and uh, I just was able to watch that unfold. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about faithfulness versus fearfulness. And I pray that by the end of this service that, uh, that you'll have more faithfulness than fearfulness. You know, we, the last 18 months, there's been a lot of uncertainty in our community, in our town, 
in our country and in the world. And I believe that there hasn't been such a better time as this than to really get the word of God into people's uncertainty. Because where there's uncertainty, there can be faith filled in that. And our theme this year is all for the one. And I pray that on your hearts that you have someone that you're praying about to uh, bring to God. Because as I said, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And it's one thing it's taught me is just to rely on God. See, fearfulness is what smothers our faithfulness to see the truth. And fear takes us away from losing the focus of what God can do. And there's a freedom in our faithfulness. See, when we're fearful, we're not free. But when we're faithful, we're free. And the point of having a a strong faithfulness is that we have a strong foundation. Now, can you turn to your neighbour and say, God's got it? Well done. So, with having our foundations, you know, it says here in Matthew 7, 24, 25, it's going to come up on the screen. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. You know, we all go through things in life. We all have our traumas and whatnot. But I believe that if we build our house on bedrock, that we'll always come back to our faith. Busyness is is so. Uh, everyone's busy nowadays. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, whatever you're doing. It just seems to be that everyone's busy, 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 and it's easy to put our faith on the shelf when we're busy. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a very task oriented person, so I'm always focusing on something that might be at hand, you know, like what's in front of me rather than you know what's beside me and. I know my faith always needs to stay in the middle. It's like the busier I get, the more center my foundation of my faith needs to be. And someone that did that so well was David. You know, David had a faith that was not measured by physical scenario. It was measured by spiritual stature. So for those of you that may know the story of David, basically, um, or David and Goliath, sorry, that uh, there was a, a story there where there's obviously a, a big a big giant and uh, he's basically asking for one person to come out and to, you know, settle the, settle the war or whatever they were doing, the fight, once and for all, just with a one-on-one. And um, he, there was an army there, but they were all too scared of him. And David got sent down to the army to basically feed the, feed the army and basically hand out cheese and crackers, as far as I read it. And he was wondering why no one had gone out and challenged this massive giant. And he went out there in the name of God and took down Goliath. You know, everything physically didn't add up that David could take down Goliath. Like, I can't remember it word for word, but Goliath was like huge. And David was just a man like myself. And... 
it didn't stop David because David's faithfulness, he was more seeing his faith rather than the physical um, thing that was there. But it comes down to our foundation of who we are is our choice. So like Daniel made the choice to put God in the gap and to let God do a work. And podcasts and YouTube, you know, we live in such a world where it's so easy to grab resource with podcasts and whatnot. And all those things are great. But I feel like our true relationship with Jesus isn't through podcasts. It isn't through YouTube. And don't take this out of context. It isn't through church. Church is a place where we come together and we celebrate. Now, it's our one-on-one relationship. All these things are great. They're great accessories. They're great things to get us thinking. They're great things to uh, want to you know, get us thinking of different thought processes. But our true relationship with God is our time that we spend with him one-on-one when we're home and we're opening the Bible or we're just spending time in, in his presence. So one big thing I've been sharing a lot at music team this year, which I felt God bring back up, it was a quote that I'd said three years ago at practice, but it was, I felt like this was such a, a relevant time of how it could really um, summarise what I was trying to paint the picture to the team, but also paint the picture to today, was God doesn't want membership, he wants ownership. Let's start together. I need some uh, feedback here. So God doesn't want membership. He wants ownership. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got a gym. Well, I did have a gym membership. I just got rid of it because I didn't go for like eight months. But um, yes, but, you know, our memberships are things that we pick and choose when we want to go. You know, obviously gym memberships, they make them so easy to go to, 24 hours, go when you want, you know. And so then we kind of pick, oh, well, I feel like going, I don't, you know, oh, I might go later. You know, that's not how we need to treat our relationship with God. It's an ownership of owning something. Because when you own something, you have value of it. Because we've built, you know, when we save up to buy a house or buy a car, if we're given a house, then we seem to not value it as much, or a car. I remember, you know, we've obviously grown up in a, in um, in a community where there's a lot of uh, tuna companies that have done well for themselves, you know, 20, 25 years ago, whatnot, and you know, you could notice the kids that had been given a car versus the kids that had to put money away to buy the car for themselves, with the condition that it was. You know, like some of these kids, you know, were fortunate enough that their parents could go out and buy them a nice car. But for some reason, it didn't last long being nice because obviously their value on it wasn't as high as, uh, as what you would when you actually save up for it. You know, you have value in it. And it's the same thing when we have our relationship with God is we have value in it because we've taken the time and the effort and the energy to be able to um, seek value in it and then grab hold of it. So God doesn't want membership he wants ownership. I always get to this point where I change microphones. <laughs> uh, there's a funny thing because, you know, when you're playing music, 
it's nice. You can always fill the gaps in with a, a strum of the chord or a, or you know, or playing or sustaining a note out. But when you're up here uh, speaking like this, there's always that awkward that sound that uh, it kind of throws you a bit because you're like, there's no sound. Like, what am I meant to do? So, just bear with me in the pauses. So it's not what it's not how we fix our focus it's what we focus it on you know sometimes i feel like we spend so much energy trying to fix our focus on our equipment that we might have rather than actually shifting our focus to what it might be so you know putting god more in our focus rather than maybe the the physical thing that we might have it on steve furtick sums it up well and says if your focus on what is not sorry is your focus on what is not or what you got? Now, <laughs> I do sometimes whinge and uh, Beth is probably the one that could probably vouch for this but fortunately enough she's not here to probably be laughing right now. But, you know, sometimes I feel like we can spend more energy on why we're whinging rather than or what, or what we don't have rather than what we do have and what God can do in it. And, you know, having that foundational faith is what's always going to align us back with God and what God's doing. And I just find that it can be such a pivotal point to, to what we choose between fear and faithfulness. Turn to your neighbour again and say, God's got it. The bigger the situation, the more we need to hold on to our faith. You know, I've always been someone that um, as I said I'm always very task orientated but it's like the busier you get the more we need to be hanging on to our faith you know and it might be a little piece or it might be a, a big you know I like to look at it as a length of rope you know we can hang on to a, a piece of rope really you can look at that as your faith and that's where I go back to the busyness thing is it's like sometimes we need to conquer new battles to have new victories and the way we're going to see that is by hanging on to our faith if we lose the battle or lose focus then we're going to then fall into the pit of fear which then starts darkness which really puts the pause on our faith building so fearfulness oh we're on that romans ten seventeen. so faith comes from hearing that is hearing the good news about Christ, being free in faith. That's how I look at it. There's a freedom in our faith. There's no freedom in being fearful. Take my word for it. But I'm sure you've all got a story to tell in that. See, fearfulness is a darkness that our, that our fearfulness is a darkness. Oh, gosh. Fear is what the darkness tries to use to sometimes stop us from seeing the true power of the freedom in our faith. See, the dark side or the devil, however you want to say it, doesn't come with this sandwich board saying, I'm here to distract you, here I am. It comes, the fear comes in dribs and drabs. It leaks into us little piece by little piece. Because if we're on guard for the you know the devil is smarter than going for something that is 
Like if we're on guard to go, well, I know he's going to come over there. Well, it's not how, well, what? the devil's smarter than that. And the fear can leak in bit by bit. And the illustration I used is like, I don't know if you've ever had a pen in your pocket. And, you know, the pen end snaps off and you don't really notice it. But, you know, the die starts to, um, I couldn't think of this word in the first service. Leech, expand. It, you know, it starts by just a die, and it starts to expand and grow. And that's kind of how I see the uh, the fear in us sometimes. Is that there's it just starts as a drop, and then starts to work its way into our lives. And then all of a sudden, we start to notice, well, why am I not feeling as joyful? Why am I not feeling at peace anymore? You know, I. I run a business and as a business owner, you're always trying to forecast, you're always trying to, well, what what happens if that happens and how come that hasn't happened yet and what if I do that and how come if I didn't do that, what happens? And there's a fearfulness and fortunately, I can rely that I know God's got it and that, yes, it's not like I'm not taking the mickey by like, you know, say if someone rings up, I'd like to pay this bill with God, please. Like give them the God credit card. But it's more just having that God-like faith that putting my fear away and just letting faith going, no, I'm not going to worry about that because fear takes so much energy out of us, doesn't it? Like I can stand here right now and tell you that there's been certain things that I've been worrying about 12, 18 months and that's hence why I'm sharing about it today. And hey, I'm sharing these things not because I've been reading your mail, but I'm sharing these things because of what God's been doing in my life. And I just want to be a beacon to say, hey, don't let fear take all the time that it has in my life in, you know, the energy that it takes away and the stress and the emotional roller coaster. And, you know, there's so much we lose in the fear because it's how fear is how our faith is smothered. You know, our fear is what stops us from seeing the freedom and the and the key elements that God's given us to be in. In Deuteronomy 31.8, it says, He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. I can't let fear take away the promise of God, of what God's put on me as an individual. And that's the same for you as well. I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what's in front of you, but can I tell you don't look at the situation in the lens of a fear look at it as a faith factor yes it is what it is but look at it with God because God is who's going to give you the strength to be able to either see it through or work out a way around it now a person that did this so well in not acting in fear is David you know David for those of you that may not know the story Saul, there was someone called Saul that was after David. He wanted to kill David. And David was running, like running from town to town. And, and Saul kept following him with this army and trying to kill him because basically he's trying to kill him out of jealousy because David was basically an absolute jet. And Saul was kind of past his time and started to make some bad decisions. And basically, Saul wanted to kill him. And David had two times to kind of get the payback or get him before he gets me or, you know, he went into his camp twice and he had servants with him and said, he snuck in one night 
And his servant said, surely, so Saul was sleeping. And his servant said, surely the Lord has given you Saul to be, you know, to kill him. And David said, no, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't feel right. I'm not going to do it. And he just took a piece of his clothing. And then the second time, I think uh, Saul was in a cave. David snuck in there and took a spear and his uh, jar of water. And in those moments, I don't know about you, but how easily is it to act out of fear or act out of uh, reaction or like, well, you told him, I told you, you know, I'm going to get you before you get me or whatever. Like it's, God's called us to turn the other cheek, but God can give us the strength and the uh, ability to to reason with maybe what's happening and forgiveness is another thing that is such a crippling thing which I'm not going to go into this morning but um, not acting in fear you know the story then goes on later that David kind of said look I could have killed you twice but I didn't and you can read that later it's in 1 Samuel 24 Um, but it's just not acting in fear really grab hold of that see the choice is still ours the choice is still us to give things to God. Every day we have to make those choices. God is a gentle God and He's never going to push into our lives. We we have to ask Him to come in daily. Because I don't know about you, but I'm challenged daily to to have God do things in my world. And I need to be asking Him to do that. So this morning... There's fruits of being faithfulness. can be freedom, can be fullness, true awakening, transformation, a joy and a peace and a hope. And Pastor Rob's favourite scripture in Ephesians 4.1 is live a life worthy of your calling. You know, I believe that you can have a gift. That gift might be talking, selling ice to an Eskimo, playing drums, whatever. But I believe that when you align your gift with how God's called you to do, then that's where you see the true power in what it can do in someone's life. Because we're meant to be beacons. We're meant to be salt and light of this community. And as I started with, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And I pray that there's someone that you may think of and pray about because don't let fear stop you from stepping out. You know, I'm standing here today... You know, I've been on this stage, honestly, probably more times than Pastor Rob, and I'm not measuring that like that, but but I still get nervous. I'm still fearful of it. You know, it's something, like I said, when you play an instrument, it's easy to hide behind it. Because I stand here before you today just out of testimony and revelation of what God's done. There's nothing stopping you from being the same person as well. It's the fear. Like, God doesn't stop you from doing things. He might want to do a work in you to get you to a destination, but it's always ourselves, you know, and it's the fear of things. And it's a very current thing. We're all going through things. It's not a bad thing we're going through it. It's what you're going to do with it. Are you going to let it? Are you going to turn to fear and go down that street? Or are you going to turn to faith and follow God and have those things that God can give you through the journey of faith? So this morning, we're going to um, share, or we're going to say a, a verse. I'm going to give you the opportunity for people that may not have before uh, asked God 
into their lives. And You know, it says in Romans 10, if we declare with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has been raised from the dead, you will be saved. And this is our way of putting into words. You know, when I tell, I'm confessing it with my mouth, and when I tell Beth I love her, you know, it's something, my wife that is, for people that you don't know, it's, um, I'm confessing it with my mouth. And it's, it's, it's just what we do. We confess things. So this morning we're going we're gonna to all say this together. And I encourage you, if this is your first time of saying this, please come see me afterwards and we can give you some resource towards the first step of your faith. But there's so much that comes in this. There's so much that comes with our faith. And there's never enough time to explain the full faith message but I pray that uh, this can just sow a seed in you this morning that will give you uh, the desire to find what God, um, the truth about what God can do. So we're going to read this together. So, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. Well, thank you for um, being a part of the service this morning. I'm going to hand over to Big Bernard and uh, hope you have a good rest of your day.